1: Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: I'm in town to play the Dolphins,
1: you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Friday, September the 14th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here as always to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, Jets Week is wrapping up, and we are just 48 hours away from kickoff. We'll get you teed up on everything you need to know ahead of Sunday's crucial game at the Meadowlands. Injury news, scouting reports, predictions, your Twitter questions. we got a busy show, so let's go ahead and jump right into that.
2: All right,
1: Miami! And the Mad Dog takes us into the two injury updates from Miami, and they are regarding two potentially important players for this team. It sounds like the Dolphins are getting Devontae Parker back, though I remain highly skeptical of his fit in this offense. It'll be very interesting to see how many snaps he gets. Jakeem Grant needs more work, not less. And I'd be pretty disappointed if Parker cuts into that workload. And the more somber news of the two involves Miami's best offensive lineman, Josh Sitton. Recording this podcast on Thursday evening, the news is still a mystery. We don't know whether or not he's going to play or not. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, and that status for the game is completely unknown. And I'm just speculating here, but I do think he will play through the pain of whatever that shoulder ailment is, unless, of course, it is a torn labrum, and then we're obviously going to be without him for several weeks. But nonetheless, we should find out more about his status as today goes along. But that game will go along with or without him, and we have a game to talk about here in the podcast. Let's go ahead and crank things up.
0: That's another Miami We are previewing
1: game day on this podcast. Let's go ahead and just jump right in there and talk about the Jets defense against the Dolphin offense and kind of some of the obstacles the Dolphins will face when they go up against this Jets defense. And the first thing you have to note is Todd Bowles and his scheme and what he does on defense. This is a very aggressive attacking style defense that loves to hinge on the solid play of the secondary, the corners and the safeties back there. And this Jets group has some good ones on that back end. Jamal Adams is my entire key for this game. Finding a way to get him neutralized. Finding a way to kind of get him uneasy. And if you guys go back and check out my column talking about how the Dolphins created running yardage through the scheme, that's one way you can do it with deception, misdirection, all that fun stuff I talked about there, but just getting him into a false step or two and preventing him from stepping into passing lanes on third and long will be a big, big factor in this game, and I think that Bowles is going to dial up the blitz like nobody's business, which I think could backfire on the Jets because... This Dolphins offensive line is pretty damn good at pass protecting with or without Josh Sitton. That'll be a big deal whether or not Ted Larson has to step in for him. But nonetheless, they handled the Titans pressure with ease last week and the Jets don't really have that one-on-one pass rusher that can consistently get pressure on the quarterback in those situations without a blitz concept. So I expect a multitude of five-man pressures, even six-man pressures, overload pressures while the Jets try to rely on those cornerbacks to lock the Dolphins up early in the route. And this is what the Dolphins built their offense to do. And we talked about it all offseason long. To sustain the blitz protections or blitz packages the defense throws at you and get the ball out to receivers quickly in less than two and a half seconds. Tannehill did that on Sunday against the Titans. I expect him to be even more prepared and even more well-versed for that aspect of the game come Sunday against the Jets. So whether it's going with max protection or using the backs in the pass protection offense, they're going to have to find a way to get those blitzes picked up, but I also think they can use these running backs heavily in the passing game, and I think you should see a lot more 21 or 20 personnel with two backs onto the field, as well as Albert Wilson the third type of quasi running back the Dolphins have on this offense to just go to town on those Jets linebackers. We saw Daron Lee and Avery Williamson have a good night as the Jets linebackers in the middle of that defense. But that doesn't mean that Daron Lee hasn't been terrible in his pro career to this point. I think the Dolphins can do some good stuff to displace those linebackers with some drive concepts where you displace linebackers by crossing up over the front of them and then use the running backs on delays or arrow routes or choice routes where they flood in over the middle after the receiver or tight end has already cleared out that area of the defense. And I expect Kenyon Drake to get very, very involved into this game plan as far as the offense goes and passing the ball out of the backfield. And as far as the Dolphins receivers go, we talked about Devontae Parker at the top. Look, they're going to have to do better in the red zone. The red zone scoring is going to be the difference in this game. Red zone scoring, as well as the kicking game, in my opinion, any close game, that's going to be the case. And we'll talk about that prediction at the end of the show, but... Getting behind this Jets defense would do a lot for this offense early on. And we saw how the Titans had to respect the Dolphins' speed on the perimeter, on the edges with the receivers. And the Dolphins were able to pick up yardage underneath. If the Jets want to play aggressive and make them do that again or really earn those yards then just go up top, go over the top of them and attack them down the field with the vertical passing game. We have the quarterback to do it. We have the receivers to do it. So just go ahead and make the jets really second guess whether or not they want to play that pressure style defense and, Anything that has the ball going over the middle of the field could run into a robber coverage. I talked about Jamal Adams, those running those linebackers falling back into the hook zone. They love to play robber on that defense. They'll show pressure and bring it a lot of the time, but they'll also back out and play robber on that defense. So Tannehill has to be smart with the football, limit the turnovers. If he can throw if they can have no turnovers in this game, I'd feel very, very confident in that. And I think all it's going to take is the backs in the passing game, as well as one or two vertical shots that really works out and get the defense off of their game plan and I would be remiss not to mention Leonard Williams, the stout defensive lineman for the New York Jets and what he can do in collapsing a pocket. It's going to be tough because you want to use the running backs in the passing game, but you also want to have the last line of defense there for when Leonard Williams beats Jesse Davis with a quick move or wherever he lines up at. He's going to be all over the defensive line in different techniques. If he can get into that def- into the backfield quickly, that's going to be problems for the Dolphins. So I can see Kenyon Drake trying to slide up in the middle and set his protection at that area and really leave the edges covered compromise because the Jets don't really have much of an edge pass rush. So you can really leave Tunzel and Juwan James in those one-on-one situations, whether it's Brandon Copeland, Henry Anderson, Jeremiah Atachu, Frankie Luvu, Those, those are just names. They don't really carry a lot of weight. So for the Dolphins to attack this defense, protect the pressure up the middle, get the ball down the field vertically and get the ball to the running backs in the flats and over the middle. And I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be able to do that. Tannehill really excelled against the Blitz on Sunday against the Titans. And I don't expect to see that change anytime soon as my confidence in this offense just continues to grow pretty much day by day as I dissect that film every single game. All right, we have more to get to on this game talking about the Jets offense against the Dolphins defense. And we'll do that next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at NFL
3: And free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hey guys,
0: it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or... Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. We've talked about the offense for the Dolphins. Now it's time to talk about the defense and how to
1: attack Sam Darnold and that Jets offense. And... The good news for the Dolphins is that I think where they are strong lines up with what the Jets want to do in terms of the personnel usage. The Jets went crazy tight end heavy in their opening game against the Detroit Lions, going with almost exclusively 12 and 13 personnel packages. They had four tight ends that played significant reps in the game. Three of those tight ends played at least 29 snaps. It was 40, 34, and 29 snaps for Neil Sterling, Christopher Herndon, and Eric Tomlinson. So the Jets want to come out in those heavy packages and keep the Dolphins' base defense on the field. And my key for the game in that base defense, and I don't think we're going to see it, and it's really going to upset me, but is going to be getting Mika Fitzpatrick onto the field in base. He should never leave the field. He's already, in my opinion, up there in the Pro Bowl caliber of player, just with what he brings from a studious standpoint, getting guys lined up, his sure tackling. We saw that on Sunday against the Titans get him on the field because TJ McDonald now two long touchdown runs one in the preseason to Christian McCaffrey and one that got called back by Derrick Henry those were McDonald's fault at the end on the back end of the play because of really poor angles they cannot allow that to happen in this game and allow the Jets to have success on the ground because the Jets are going to want to get that outside zone game going and stretch this defense which isn't really doable against the wide nine. And that's why the key to the running game is the bend-back lane. And so on on zone running concepts, you have bounce, bang, and bend. Bend's coming back across the formation. And that's why it's vital for Kiko Alonso and Raquan McMillan to be able to shed blocks, get off those blocks, and make plays in those gaps and get the Jets into third and long because the Jets' offensive line is not going to be able to handle this Dolphins' pass rush if they are in third and six-plus and we saw Darnold with his ability to kind of scramble and make things happen when it went off schedule, when things went awry in that game on Monday night. But the Dolphins are much better at kind of having gap integrity in that rush, whether it's with stunts and twists or just a straight upfield rush. The Dolphins are going to do a better job against the Lions in that rush. And with how loose Darnold is with the football in the pocket, I really expect them to get a couple more turnovers in this game to go along with the three they had against Tennessee Titans and continue to win that turnover battle, which will be absolutely absolutely vital and crucial in this game and if that pass rush can have success it's going to be kind of the same story as far as the Jets corners against the Dolphins receivers on the other side of the field you have Xavier Howard who who knows what he'll do in terms of coverage if he'll travel if he'll just stick with Robbie Anderson or whatever it is I think that would be your best way to go you have Minka Fitzpatrick in the slot against Quincy Anunua And a Anunua is a problem for most teams because a lot of teams just do not have a good slot corner and can't handle a player with his physicality and run after the catch ability. But Minka Fitzpatrick sure as hell can. So I like the Dolphins' chances in that area, preventing the slot receiver in the middle of the field and Robbie Anderson going up top. And if the Dolphins can find a way to confuse Sam Darnold, he's pretty good post-snap in his processing, but his mechanics can get a little bit wonky at times and he can make mistakes with his accuracy. The Dolphins are going to have to be able to capitalize on their chances to sack him when he gets flustered in the pocket, and to capitalize on the errant throws he makes that find their way on the Dolphins' hands. They have to pick those passes off. They have to get those sacks. They have to force those fumbles and get this Jets' offense off the field and give the Dolphins' offense more opportunities because this Jets' defense is tough. And the bigger mismatch for Miami, as far as this game goes, is when their defense is on the field against that Jet offense, which I still am not buying into after their Monday night performance. We'll see if they can repeat it with a back-to-back performance. I'm not buying it. I think that going into games overconfident can have a bit of a downfall. It can rise you up too, but I think a young team like the Jets really kind of buying into their own glory they've created for themselves. A home opener, they're going to really be feeling themselves and If the Dolphins can come out and either pitch a three and out on their first series or put together a successful drive where they get points, it would really swing the momentum of the game in the Dolphins' favor and really calm that Jets crowd and get them back to thinking, okay, we aren't quite the team we thought we were, and that will permeate with the the Jets roster as well and the players. So just controlling the game early, dictating the pace, and getting Sam Darnold into those mistake-prone opportunities are the best ways to control this game. And in any close game, which I think this game will be, special teams is always going to be paramount. And that's one of my three main keys for the game And we'll go ahead and start with that one, number three. No special teams gaffes. They had a couple of those last week. They did not tackle very well, and they obviously allowed the long touchdown. That cannot happen. Need to make every field goal and PAT attempt, prevent the big returns, and flip the field in the punting game. Matt Hawk was actually really impressive in that opener. He can really boom them, which I didn't see last year, but it's nice to see it in 2018. Number two, stretching the Jets' defense vertically. I talked about that at the top of the show. The ball's going to come out quick, but take advantage of the couple of opportunities they get to go up over the top and just hit one, it'll change the complexion of the entire game. And number one, Cameron Wake beating up on Brandon Shell, the Jets right tackle. Cam Wake had three and a half sacks in two games last year against Brandon Shell. He kind of owns him. He's kind of his daddy. He is a Jet killer. We need Cam Wake to win those one-on-ones because the pass rush wasn't really there on Sunday against Marcus Mariota or Blaine Gabbert. It needs to get better. I expect it to get better. I don't think Kelvin Beecham can handle Robert Quinn, and I don't think Brandon Shell can handle Cameron Wake. So winning that matchup on the edges will be crucial for this game when the Dolphins get in those third long situations to create those turnovers we talked about. We still have a lot more to get to on this show, including an injury report, a game prediction, and your Twitter questions, as well as the final question for the Lockdown On Dolphins t-shirt giveaway. We'll do all of that next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingful NFL
0: at Locked On Fins. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft.
1: All right, we're rolling into the final segment before the Dolphins take on the Jets and what has shaped up to become a really big matchup in the AFC East, a chance to get to 2-0. And for the time being, the winner will be all alone in first place in the AFC East as the Patriots take on the Jacksonville Jaguars in the 425 window. And the Buffalo Bills, I honestly don't even know who they're playing. I don't care. For me, this is a three-team division this year. And it should be interesting to see what happens in that Patriots game because the Jaguars can really do things that disrupt the Patriots offense and Tom Brady, and if they do that and they get a win, man, it would be nice to be at 2-0 going into the third week of the season, facing a bad Oakland Raiders team coming all the way east to play the Dolphins at home in Miami in the early window, which is very tough for a West Coast team. Let's go ahead and get back to this Jets game. First things first, the injury report for Thursday, You guys know the story on the Dolphins' injuries. Frank Gore already has the veteran day off. We talked about that on yesterday's podcast. And Josh Sitton did not practice again on Thursday. But Devontae Parker was a full participant. So basically just down to Josh Sitton not playing in this game. We'll see what happens with him. I'll have an update for you guys on that on Twitter sometime today, hopefully, when that report comes out. As far as the Jets go, did not practice was Dakota Dozier. He's a backup interior offensive lineman. Linebacker Josh Martin, he sounds like he won't play. Safety Marcus May sounds like he won't play either. The the Jets backup safety Doug Middleton, he is going to step in for Marcus May again, it sounds like. And former Dolphins linebacker Neville Hewitt did not practice on Wednesday and he was limited on Thursday, so it sounds like he is trending towards playing in the game. Both these teams are pretty damn healthy going in. If the Dolphins can get sitting back on their lineup, they'll be fully healthy and geared to go for a huge, huge, crucial game. As far as my prediction goes, I talked about the offense and the defense and the special teams, the mitigating circumstances as far as the Jets playing a short week next week, coming off of a short week here, Dolphins being on the road where they're not quite as good as they are at home. The hype around Sam Darnold, all the overconfidence, there are so many factors going into this game. I am going to predict a narrow Dolphins victory, and I can't decide if it's going to be because of a last possession touchdown, field goal, or a last possession interception for the Dolphins. One way or the other, the final possession will decide this game and the Dolphins will ultimately win the game 20-19, to move to 2-0, and get that very important road division win, and really kind of crush the Jets' soul after they are feeling themselves very, very much so after week one. Alright guys, we have some Twitter questions to get to here on a Friday. I apologize for not getting to these on Thursday's podcast. I just didn't have enough room to get them into the show, so we're going to go down the list here and pick the best ones and give you guys the answers. First question comes from Yvonne at iSweetheart. Who gets a pick against Sam Darnold first? I love the confidence. I'm going to go with Minka Fitzpatrick playing that slot role against Quincy and I think we'll pressure. Sam Donald a lot in this game. I think he'll have a couple errant throws over the middle and that's where Fitzpatrick makes his money. So I'll go with the rookie getting his first pick of his career off of the rookie Jets quarterback. Next question comes from DJ Taylor at Ladon underscore James. Why didn't the D-line get more pressure against Tennessee and how can the defense improve pass defense in the middle of the field? Playing Minka Fitzpatrick more is a good way to do the second part of that. As far as the pass rush, yeah it was more about contained than actually getting sacks on Mariota and they knew that if they kept him in the pocket he would make errant throws and he did and that's probably why they won the game so I'm not too upset about it I think they will have better pressure against the Jets next question comes from Richard Monroe at Richard Monroe one why do you think the Titans managed to run better in the second half and what do you have to do to stop the Jets running game I mentioned this earlier in the show. It has to do with Raekwon and Kiko being able to prevent that cutback lane on the outside zone. As far as the Titans in the second half, I mean, they really didn't. I mean, Deion Lewis is just a good player, and they got to tackle better. That's the big thing there, Richard. They just got to tackle better because McDonald and Jones both had a couple of missed tackles in that one. Next question comes from Gary Carmen at Gary WV 53 Gary, do you feel the Dolphins will increase Fitzpatrick's playing time? by playing more nickel. I don't know if that's how they'll do it. I would, I like the nickel defense. I like the dime defense. I just think base defense has to have him over McDonald. I don't think they're going to do it yet. I think they are stubborn in their personnel scouting department, and it's frustrating, but it is what it is. Next question comes from Steve Morrow at Morrow underscore Steve. What is your take on Charles Harris? I was shocked to see that he was fifth in the defensive end rotation with only 33% of the snaps. How do you think he played in those limited snaps? Do you think his low snap count will continue? I'll go ahead and work that backwards. I do think it will continue. I think Andre Branch as a sub-package player, is he's a good player in that role. He makes too much money. I think Harris's big year will be in 2019 when this defensive line gets depleted a little bit by Andre Branch getting cut and possibly Cam Wake slowing down as he gets to 37 years old. I He had one nice play against the read option on Marcus Mariota when he kept the ball. He both set the edge and made the stop on the edge against Mariota on that play. So he did have a couple of plays where he was involved, but as a whole, just not a lot of impact play from him. I'm hoping for more, but I think that's going to be more about 2019 for Charles Harris next question comes from Ocean Jackson at Ocean underscore Jackson can you comment on the disparity between home record and away record under Gaze and do you think this will continue to be a challenge moving forward when playing outside of hard rock I mean playing on the is hard for any team but yeah there is a pretty big discrepancy there in terms of what the Dolphins are at home and on the road and I think a part of that is just the fact that playing in Miami is a big time home field advantage with the weather The crowd always seems to get loud and the way the kind of noise bounces off that roof and comes back down. I just think teams have a hard time adapting to the pace of the Dolphins play as well as the humidity and heat in Miami. So I think that's a big part of it. They do have to play better on the road. I'm not sure why they're not as good. They just aren't. And I really don't have a reason for it. Next question comes from Rod Carrillo. As at Rodney Carrillo, dude, I butchered your name. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't read. Was Darnold good or is Detroit's defense that bad? I think a mixture of both. I think that Darnold, that touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson should have been picked off. That was not a good throw. It was a smart throw, but it was not well executed. And I think Xavier Howard or Rashad Jones or Mika Fitzpatrick hauls that interception in. So it was some good, some bad. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as everyone's hyping him up to be. We'll see though going forward. Next question comes from Sports Trooper at Troop Sports. I'm crazy about the depth on this team, except the linebacker position. Do you believe this is the best depth Miami has had in years? And will rotating first and second teamers so much help or hurt this team in the long run? I love the depth too, because I was thinking about injuries today with Josh Sitton. And it's not about who you lose. It kind of is, but it's more about who's behind them. And there's a lot of spots where if the Dolphins have a guy go down, they'll be okay for a couple of weeks. So in that sense, I love the depth too. I think they're going to rotate the defensive line a lot, the receivers a lot, the running backs eh, kind of a lot. So yeah, they'll rotate and it'll help keep this team fresh down the stretch. And then last question here, and I didn't get to all the questions, guys. There was a lot this week, and I had limited time on the show getting my game preview in. A lot of your questions, though, I did answer in the offensive and defensive segment. So if you skipped over that, just go back and check that out. You can hear the answers on there. But the last one here comes from Patrick W. At Pat W. Tweets, does Jakeem Grant equal Tyreek Hill from 2016? I can't say that because we just haven't seen it yet. And Tyreek Hill is so freaking good and so... I guess not overlooked, but he is definitely in the class of elite receivers in this league. So I'm not ready to put Grant there yet, but I think he has the potential to be a Tyreek Hill light in terms of big time production with a little amount of targets, a big time return specialist. I really, really like Jakeem Grant and think he's going to have a big impact on this team. He's already had a huge impact in the first game. All right, guys, the last thing we have to do today is give you the question for the free Locked On Dolphins t-shirt giveaway for those that are going to the MetLife Takeover at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. And you guys know the drill by now. I've asked three questions already. Find Jason Harina in the MetLife tailgate parking lot. Give them the four answers to these four questions and you'll get yourself a shot at a free Lockdown Dolphins t-shirt. The final question for the week, and this has to do with me and the show, which three players did I accurately predict the Dolphins would draft in April's draft? There's three of them. And the idea behind this is to reward our most loyal listeners, so if you guys remember those three picks, go back and find out. In the, either it's on LockedOnDolphins.com, Lockdown Dolphins Podcast, or you just remember them. Go ahead and give Jason your answers, all four of those on Sunday, and he'll give you some information to get in touch with me. We'll send you out a free Lockdown Dolphins t-shirt if you win. As for this podcast and for Jets Week, that is my time, and I'm going to give you guys a very unique song to close out this podcast as we do our wrap-up here. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Linkful NFL. Follow the show at LockdownFins. Keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again on Sunday night for the game recap edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast And enjoyed this gem I found on YouTube for your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. last place, oh, right away. At first sight, I laughed right in their face. I saw the Jets and they saw Like douchebags in the sky On offense Or
2: defense They're full of shit Like douchebags in the
1: sky
0: Throw just like Mark don't
1: just like Mark Sanchez not just like Mark Sanchez
0: J-E-T-S Suck, suck, suck